Hello everyone, you're listening to the Socially Desi Show, the podcast that motivates you to live, create and inspire. If this is your first time here, welcome. On our show, we discuss tips and strategies with our guest speakers on how to tackle problems related to personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. So hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com for more of such content. Today we are interacting with Mr. Maninder Singh Bajwa. He is the founder and CEO of iSquela. iSquela is a holistic learning ecosystem that eliminates learning gaps and focuses on positive societal behavior change. It is an interactive learning platform that enables students to engage with the content and learn. The platform is built to make learners curious, ensuring good attention span, which results in improved learning levels. The learners are provided with a self-learning platform via which they have access to high-end learning experiences. Apart from learners, the platform also offers tools for teachers to help them teach better. So with that, help me welcome uh, Maninder on the show. Hi Maninder, welcome to the Socially Desi show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. Pleasure is all mine, Maninder. Thank you so much for doing this with the show. And uh, before we even begin today's episode, I would love to know about your professional journey so far and what led you to start iSquela. Um, I uh, I was actually in uh, finishing my uh, uh, software engineering in uh, in Melbourne uh, from Monash University, where uh, okay. sort of. Uh, uh, you know, I always wanted to do something on my own because startup mm-hmm. as a word wasn't really in use in 2008 when I uh, when I finished uh, my degree. And okay. uh, uh, so being from the tech background, it was always let's do something in technology and all that. And I, I came back to India. Um, and uh, that's what uh, that's when I was, uh, you know, one day traveling uh, through Punjab and I, I was in a village, you know, went to a school. And I realized the, the, the massive gap and how, uh, you know, uh, the learning levels were pretty poor. And, uh, you know, it just felt that there was something I, I could do here, you know, uh, just mm-hmm. having a, uh, a nice sort of a marriage between technology and education. Um, okay. And uh, that's where we sort of started, uh, uh, you know, working on iSquela. And, uh, you know, so far it's been... 14 years, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And, um, uh, we've gone through many transformations. We've learned a lot of things. We've, uh, we've had a lot of different, very, you know, a lot of different versions of the product. And, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, today I'm, I'm, you know, looking back, um, I'm, I'm pretty pleased that, uh, we entered the ed tech space because this is one place where, uh, business is one thing, but you actually can see and feel the impact. So that's what True. motivates us. True, true. Yep, yep. And EdTech has actually come a long way in the last 14 years uh, of you uh, envisioning uh, iSquela and bringing it into life. But uh, when it comes to EdTech platforms and other online learning platforms, there's a plethora of uh, products available in the market. So what makes iSquela different from the other offerings? So from day one, um, we've we we never as I, as I, as i said earlier we, we didn't it was never about you know making a, a something a, a good to have product or uh, you know we never had the top 1% uh, 
uh, hmm. of uh, students you know the uh, in the economic pyramid right uh, in our okay. mind when we when we when we thought of creating this you know it was always about the bottom of the pyramid the government schools the low end private schools where um, you know accessibility is a, is a challenge the data penetration is a challenge and imagine 14 years ago what would mm-hmm. be the state you know um, our first uh, version was on the internet uh, but again there was hardly any takers because uh, that time even a broadband was not that common yep. you know yep. um then along the way came uh, tablets and they suddenly started becoming cheaper um so you know in 2013 uh, we had our offline product where it did not need any internet and it was interactive on a tablet Uh, much mm-hmm. like how many of the companies are uh, doing it today um, yep, yep. so uh, so you know if you look at all the decision making it was always about how can we make it more accessible um, so uh, it's it's based and it's built ground up for anyone to use uh, irrespective of what hardware they have if we talk about mm-hmm. today uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know what economic background they come from it's not a luxury product um and uh, that's why most of our uh, products are also offered in offline mode you know okay. you don't always need the internet um mm-hmm. and uh, we focus very very heavily on regionalization and localization of content so we do not believe uh, you know uh, one size fits all kind of model even in content um so if in punjab we we create we work with punjab government created content mm-hmm. in punjabi you know the mm-hmm. examples are local the 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 accent is local everything mm. is local so that the, the the students can sort of connect with the content yep. you know yep. it, uh, the easiest thing is to do it in english and just make it available to <laughs> everybody but yeah. uh, but then again you miss out on all those people that we want to target right true, true. so so the focus is very different it's it's not mm. about you know 50000 80000 one lakh uh, a year and uh, it's about few hundred rupees or even free in a lot of matter in a lot of cases where we hmm. sort of collect grants from social organizations and give it to the government for free like what we did in okay. Punjab mm-hmm. so the the idea is different you know so it's it's more sort of social entrepreneurship uh, where profit we are a profit making organization make no mistake about that we are not an ngo but uh, but we'd like to be sustainable by not charging the end user and creating hmm. revenue models around it you know no interesting that you say that because in the last uh, couple of years i believe that the way edtech has boomed one of the uh, evils that has really uh, come up with this space also is um, you know parents being ch- overcharged for uh, the kind of information there that they are being uh, given the access to uh, be it in terms of you know tuition or be it in terms of any other interactive learning space and when you say that you want to make it accessible you want to uh, ensure that this product reaches out to the deeper roots of the country the bharat side of india i wanted to touch base a bit more on this since you have uh, mentioned punjab as one of your uh, success regions can you share any anecdote any story uh, with the users today with the listeners today about how your product really made a difference uh, to a kid who maybe is from a rural area or from a small town in punjab yeah actually i'll i'll share a very uh, personal story that um, hmm. so once we had uh, finished developing for punjab and it was being implemented now currently you know as uh, there's a 
varying numbers uh, that we can uh, talk about where the product has reached from anywhere mm. between 12,000 to 14,000 schools, right? Um, so I, again, I was, now this is 14 years after I traveled to that school. Now I, I went back to another school, uh, you know, one of my, my, uh, relatives like, you know, in a village and, um, there, they have a primary school over there, uh, little tiny tots, uh, just, uh, studying there in a, like a, in a three classroom or a four classroom school. Mm. It's a government mm. school. Okay. Um, and I went there, I was speaking to the teachers and, uh, they said that, uh, listen, um, most of the students who study here are from, uh, you know, or the, the, the parents are uh, either laborers, daytime, uh, like, you know, daily wage workers. Um, mm. you know, most of the children are, uh, you know, are, are, are from those families. So, you know, I, I just peeked into a classroom. There was a, there was a small TV, right. Um, uh, in sense, I think it is probably 32 inches or something. Okay. There were around 20 kids, uh, all probably like primary means what the kindergarten, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. four years, yep. five years, uh, old. And, uh, there was this, um, uh, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the rhyme yeah, yeah. that, uh, mm-hmm. that we used to also, we, we grew up hearing as well was playing and, uh, all these children were just swaying left and right. And then big smiles on their face and. You know, um, mm. to be honest, it it takes, you have to be really like, you know, very good at hiding your emotions yeah, when seeing yeah. that, uh, because it's such a, an amazing feeling to see that, listen, I, uh, I don't know every morning when we get up, when we come to work, I don't know which part of the state, which class, what is being played and, mm. uh, who is enjoying what you've created. So, I mean, that for me gave a lot of hope and uh, it sort of gave me a lot of uh, encouragement that, uh, you know, we, we must be doing something right, you know, and uh, it's, 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 and there are so many videos we receive from teachers across the mm-hmm. state, you know, mm-hmm. you, uh, before this whole project started, I was, I used to think that maybe the teachers are not putting in enough effort, but trust me. There are so many amazing teachers who want to do so much good job, uh, like such a good job. Uh, they are so much involved in the in their uh, in the students' educations that you, you just can't uh, blame them for the state of affairs. Like majority want to do good job, you know. Um, true, true. So they've been sending me these videos. We receive those videos. I mean, it is it is just um, uh, amazing, you know. If I get an opportunity, you know, I'll share some of the videos with you and. Uh, you see the impact, as I said earlier, you see yep, and yep. feel the impact. It's not just talk, you know, uh, yep. which, which really sort of encourages us to do more. So, so the, the, the with ed tech, you know, irrespective of in what form, shape, education technology doesn't mm. just mean, uh, what kind of hardware you have in your hands, what kind of smartphone you mm, have. In your mm. hands. It's just one element. It's about increasing the accessibility whether it is through, uh, you know, that 32-inch TV, whether it is through a projector, whether it is in the classroom, at home, on your, yep. uh, on your TV, uh, an episode being played, it's, the, it's having the digital backbone, which sort of uh, uh, allows you to reach deeper, you know. So, True. so it's, True. It's, it's in the right direction, I would say. True. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got goosebumps by listening to that story. And uh, so 
thank you so much for sharing that and uh, to everyone listening we'll try to put up a, a short uh, video on our uh, social media channels uh, that you can see what maninder was talking about uh, how the teachers and students are interacting with the product and how are they enjoying their uh, learnings so we'll try to put that up so uh, keep a check on our social media channels as well we'll keep you posted on that but moving ahead uh, maninder you also mentioned this briefly that uh the the education the penetration of education is still a challenge uh especially when it comes to online because a lot of the remote areas in the country still do not have electricity forget about uh you know having an internet connection so how is iskuela uh, you know addressing these kind of challenges see not having power is something which is uh, like which you know there's always a limit to what one can do you know this is mm. uh, uh, this is a solution that the government has to come up with right yep, that yep. providing that free like uh, that providing that uh, you know uh, 24 hour electricity and all that uh, but what we can do uh, as i uh, sort of touched upon earlier also what we can do is create things that uh, need like the entry uh, barrier to access them should mm. be the lowest that's what we can do so things like well all the again coming back to the punjab example all the schools in punjab um, the the platform given to them the content given to them everything is being used offline you know mm-hmm. there is only uh, the need for internet when uh, we share with them extra questions which they can sort of turn on their hotspot on the phone and then just download those questions you know uh but mm-hmm. 99% of the product the general the, the base of the bulk of the product can be used offline so one reliance okay. on data is out right mm-hmm. um secondly uh during the pandemic uh we got an opportunity to work with uh, uh ministry of education earlier was mhrd um, uh, uh the uh, ncert and uh, mm-hmm. on the prime minister e vidya channels you know now in the last budget these channels went up from tw- being 12 in number to 200 now right um uh, but these 12 channels uh, entire throughout the pandemic lockdowns we were we were creating uh, episodes for each subject for each grade from grade 1 okay. to 12 mm-hmm. which were being broadcasted every day on these channels for the children to sort of view on their tv sets mm-hmm. i understand it's not a two way interaction but as i said it is at least the first step at least the quality education at least the uh, there's a teaching medium where a child can turn on their tv set if you know like we we can safely say if they don't have data if they don't have smartphones there is some possibility that some sort of tv set is you know like the the penetration Available, of tv set is yeah, higher yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so so that increases the access right so this was uh, uh, you know our country being so huge and with massive population this undeniably would have been the mo- the, the the largest uh, or the or the biggest exercise in, of this manner mm. conducted mm. Ac- across the globe for uh, during the pandemic right so uh, those channels still exist and they are growing and now each region each state will start sort of broadcasting those uh, uh, episodes right so Uh, that's again another step to to uh, bridge that and going forward i uh, you know like if you look at the trajectory smartphones uh, are only going to get cheaper we are in such a like such a uh, like you know encouraging space right now 
mm-hmm. as compared to as i said 10 years ago when we had 10 14 years ago when we started there was no hope i mean you needed a laptop and an internet to do something you know yeah it, yeah it was the it was the time of blackberries and uh, nokias and all that right so um so it's it's gotten much better the amount of uh, people having facebook accounts whatsapps that clearly indicates that they have access to something right some smartphone mm. yep so yep. it is it is getting better uh, and it's 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 the more better it gets more accessible you're going to get but we're going to start with schools make the content available in schools um, mm-hmm. and then go to homes and with the tv sets we are already in homes so so True. so mix of all these things you know put together mm-hmm. but electricity and other challenges infrastructure lack of teachers um that i think the government also will have to play a part true that true that but when it comes to uh, having access and uh, with these devices getting cheaper and cheaper uh, the challenge of having increased digital fatigue in kids has also cropped up in the last couple of years and mm-hmm. there has been a lot of cases of mental health issues and reduced focus amongst kids uh, how do you see this uh, thing being addressed not just by uh, uh, an institution like you but also as a society how can we address this issue so that we ensure that this digital fatigue amongst kids uh, is getting somewhere or the other addressed and getting reduced so i think uh, i will uh, like you you mentioned earlier about how the marketing is being uh, you know how the marketing of these products is being done right mm. it's mm. it's more sort of oh well your child will be left behind or oh well <laughs> this is the most important thing that you need and i yeah, do not yeah. although i'm from the industry i do not concur with that at all now mm. anything excess is never healthy right so and i call these platforms as digital tools they are just tools right they you know they're only they're only forming one part of the child's experience right yep. so pa- parents rather than buying the product and then saying the, t- telling the child okay now use this each parent should first look at their child's routine should look at what experiences he's getting at school what mm-hmm. experiences they are giving him what kind of peer to peer learning he's doing with his friends you know his her i have to be gender neutral um yep, yep. Uh, right and uh, uh, so after you've looked at all those things identify what are the gaps and where a digital tool can help you fulfill that gap absolutely so it should be like that it should not be the other way around that you are doing four you you're using four products and uh, and thinking like as somebody told me that uh, by the age of 11 you'll you your child will be like elon musk start creating apps and all that is irrelevant that's not what the the future holds for us it's not i i can create apps but that's not important it's about the overall experience and overall learning of the child right yeah yeah true so true. so that is where i think uh, it should be in that order hmm. you know hmm. uh, schools parents peer to peer learning identify the gaps then find out the product that fits and fulfills and, and you know sort of uh, fills up that gap then you uh, make the child use it and it should not be like for me i think uh, anything more than half an hour a day is already excess hmm 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 but do you think that uh, within half an hour a student can get done with the kind of uh, learning that he or she needs to do online see uh, we are at a crossroad of uh, 
uh, we are at crossroads right uh, of how we should educate our children one ideology is how you and me grew up uh, uh, you know the way we were taught so six hmm. subjects you know at school we are being taught fractions at tuition we are being taught decimals so probably 12 yep. topics being touched in the same day now that is one way right um the other way is if you look how you know so we are going we should be talking about when these kids who are in schools today are going to finish school hmm. what is the world going to look like at that time so world economic forum reports i think uh, i don't know the exact number but it was somewhere about 40 50% 60% of jobs that exist today are not going to be existing at that time you know so uh, these kids are going to do jobs that are not even there today so should we still keep teaching them the way we have been teaching them before so it's not mm-hmm. about the quantity number of hours that a child is being exposed to these digital tools it's about types of different kinds of experiences that the child is getting is the child being able to yep. uh, you know express himself is the child being able to i don't know publicly speak is the child being mm. able to present well communicate well those things are also e- extremely important but instead if we start looking at oh my child knows uh, 23 poems by heart i think it's relevant you know oh <laughs> yeah. uh, he's he's 6 year old and he can do uh, uh two digit addition mm-hmm. uh, you t- tell me one one 8 year old who didn't know addition so somebody will learn now somebody will learn 6 months from now that is irrelevant right yeah it's yep. not about how much the child knows it's about does he know how to know if i don't know that made sense <laughs> You know, he should <laughs> no, be able no, to does, find his answers you know it should be able yes, he should yeah. be uh, he should be able to find the answers not remember them i mean that yeah. is the thing true true and and you know uh, it's 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 said these days that uh, even googling is an art you know it's it's a yeah, skill absolutely. in itself how to google yeah. that's a skill in itself yeah. so uh, yes i mean i absolutely agree with your thoughts that uh, education uh, has already come a long way and it still needs to progress in a direction where uh, students are not just focused on the kind of curriculum that they have been bogged on by institutions but it has to go in a very progressive manner where they can understand what needs to be done and how it can be done and in case they they are not able to figure out how it can be done they should actually be able to reach out uh, to avenues and people who can give them a direction and they can find their own solutions so even i believe in that and uh, there's a lot of just uh, just adding uh, so, sorry yeah. just adding to that point you know it's it's a funny thing i keep saying to my friends that mm-hmm. if my child starts getting 90 plus percent in the current education system i'm worried <laughs> i would okay. rather have him 60% 65% but he he should be able to he like he says i've got a 6 year old son he should be able to go mm. out and uh, be able to sow a seed and see the plant grow i mean i might be sounding very uh, oh this is very idealistic and all that but trust me from whatever little experience i've had uh, by you know being in this space and what mm. is going to happen mm. and where the trends are pointing this is what your child should know True. not how many True. poems he remembers you see 
Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I think, you know, this is the age where uh, kids are actually making their own poems. They're making their own stories. Hmm. And uh, in fact, you know, all these online platforms, social media platforms are encouraging them to do that. And how you utilize them, I think, as a parent, uh, that is where uh, our, uh, you know, overseeing the whole process needs to come into place rather than pushing Hmm. them towards a direction. We should just oversee and help them in whatever they are trying to achieve in their own way, in their own life. So uh, that's a wonderful thought, Maninder. And uh, that brings us to the close of uh, this uh, episode today. But it was uh, amazing interacting with you. And guys, definitely go check out iSquela. We'll put up the links in the show notes below as well as uh, Maninder's uh, LinkedIn profile if you want to reach out to Maninder and have a more uh, deep down discussion on how iSquela is working with governments, with other uh, societies and NGOs and other kids across the country how how iSquela is working with them do reach out to them uh, we would love to know that with that uh, Maninda thank you so much for being on the show today you have been an absolute pleasure to speak with likewise my pleasure thank you so much so that wraps it up for today folks if you liked the episode give it a big thumbs up share it with your friends and let's go viral remember our weekly podcast features episodes on personal growth mental health relationships business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness we would love to have Maninder on the show again in the future to talk more about how edtech is changing India so if you haven't yet done so hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com and as always before I sign off remember life is black and white and everything in between 